Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050. Maybe you know me by Al's brother on the hit show Overdrive. Nonetheless, we're here for another episode of Lockdown Leafs, and uh, this was going to be a bit of a solo show, so hopefully, you know, I don't just sit here and ramble for the next half hour. Hopefully, I throw out a little bit of insight for today. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Man, what a weekend it was, and really what a uh, 24 hours has been for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Morgan Riley, the news of the day, out eight weeks weeks with a fractured foot that is definitely some a big loss for the Maple Leafs we'll be chatting about that then uh, we're obviously going to talk about yesterday's 8-4 debacle in Florida but we really got to start and talk about what this Morgan Riley news means for this team because this is a big time injury this is a player that's averaging almost 25 minutes of ice time and although he's kind of having a down year you still would rather have him in your lineup than out of your lineup and now for the next eight weeks he is going to be nowhere to be found. Uh, he's going to have to rehab. He was injured in the game, took a, a, a puck off the foot, and Morgan Riley's going to be a big miss. We're, we're definitely going to be, be missing him, but I think more so because of the fact that there's really nobody on this team that can step up and play like Morgan Riley. Uh, you, you couple that with the fact that Jake Muzzin is injured. We're not exactly sure how long he's going to be out for. We know that he's out till at least the All-Star break. Next week, they do have a bye, so I guess that's not as bad. They'll just have a few more games before that, but we don't know exactly after the All-Star break when he's going to come back. So, you know, that's 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 a few weeks without your two top two left-shot defensemen. You know how weak they already are defensively, and you're missing your two best ones. So, uh, right off the bat, that's that's a huge, huge miss for the Leafs. Uh, the next eight weeks can be tough moving forward. But they did call up Rasmus Sandin in his place. So the good young Swede will be getting his opportunity here in the NHL once again. Uh, he played the first few games up with the, the up with the Leafs earlier this season and ended up getting sent down to the AHL just to kind of round out his game a little bit. I don't think that they felt that he was ready to go. Uh, they didn't want to, to, to burn his contract, I don't think, either. But obviously, you know, when you're – when you're a team like the Leafs who are going to be scrapping in to try and get into the playoffs, you you know, an extra year of somebody's contract doesn't mean as much uh, than a playoff berth does. So they, they're calling him up and he's going to have a chance and, and he's got to play some big minutes because now you look at the left side of this defense, it's going to be Travis Dermott, uh, Rasmus Sandin, and then Martin Marincin uh, unless they, they make a move. And, and I'll talk about that in, in just a little bit. A couple of players I think maybe they could go out and get. But for now, the these are the guys who are going to be in place for the Leafs, and I do not like their chances of success going forward. Uh, the the only player right now that has any type of of experience on this blue line really at this point is Cody CC and Tyson Barry. And Barry's been awful. Last night he was terrible. He's going to show up, uh, I guarantee you, in, in the good, the bad, the ugly later on when we discuss that Florida game. But that's. That's really who we're relying on at this point. And the Leafs, they're going to be in deep trouble if somebody doesn't step up. Um, Travis Dermott's a player who I think is the guy who I'd be circling to see if he could end up kind of uh, just rising from the ranks uh, at this point. You know, he's still young. This is I, I believe just his, his second full year in the NHL. Um, so, And he even got off to, to a bit of a slow start because he missed the first six weeks of the season. So he's a guy who's still maybe not fully healthy, but he hasn't been here all season long. Uh, and... Coach Keefe did say when he took over the team uh, a couple weeks into his tenure that Dermott was a guy who they were going to look to to try and give him a little bit more ice time, a little bit more 
of responsibility. And here he is now without Morgan Riley and without Jake Muzzin. And now they're forced to give Dermott uh, some minutes. I mean, Dermott's probably going to end up having to be the top defenseman playing more than 20 minutes a game, which isn't what you want out of this out of this lineup. But, I mean, I think Dermott and probably Justin Hall look to be that number one unit at this point defensively. And that's going to be a little tough. Uh, I'll be interested to see what they end up doing with Sandine, how many minutes that he's going to end up getting. Obviously, we know that he is skilled. If you watch the World Juniors, you know that he kind of does a little bit of everything, um, and he can control play. Uh, he, he's he's very responsible in his own end as well. So I, I think that he'll end up. I've read that it's looking like it's going to be Sandine and maybe Tyson Berry are going to end up being um, a pairing. So and that leaves uh, Marincin and and Cody Cece. So unless they have some other guys that they decide to bring up to kind of filter in through the lineup, I know Timu Kivahalme. He's gotten a couple of call ups, but has yet to crack the roster and make it into a game. Um, uh, ben Harper, who came over in the in the Zaitsev trade earlier this off season or, or throughout the summer, and then Kevin Gravel, he got a couple of games in earlier this year too. Those are some left shot players from within that might be able to step up and play some games, but I think right now Dermot, Sandine, and Marincin are going to be the guys that they rely on moving forward. Um, the real question is now, like, should we be worried about the playoffs? I know that the Maple Leafs uh, over the last month and a half have been a real solid team, and they've really kind of put themselves back and solidified themselves into a playoff position. As of right now, they only sit a couple of points behind uh, Boston and Tampa, but how much of a problem is it going to be without having Morgan Riley the next eight weeks at a minimum too. This is a minimum eight weeks. It could be longer than that. We don't know, uh, but I think it's going to be a bit of an issue. And if you take a look at the division standings as it sits right now, they're only one point up on Florida. That game last night was really important to try and take a, a get a couple of points. So not only so that they can move up in the standings, but also that so that Florida doesn't get closer. I mean, if that's an opposite score last night, Toronto, you know, we're sitting pretty. We've got, what, five points on Florida. Florida with a game in hand, though, just one point back of the Maple Leafs. And right now we're pretty shorthanded. That's three straight losses now. For the Leafs, uh, Florida, they seem to be getting going again finally. Um, so we'll we'll see how you know down the stretch. We'll see if these little this stretch of games over the next couple of months come back to bite us. Hopefully not. You know this is a team that was built to make the playoffs, and you got to be worried. Like this defensive core does not look like that is an NHL quality team like Dermot, Sandine, and Marincin. Honestly, I think two years ago, I would look at like, or or even at the beginning of the season, Dermot, okay, yeah, sure. He's a third pairing defenseman and and he, he did well last year and he's a guy who has been progressing year after year. So yeah, he's an NHLer. But Sandine and Marincin, these are two guys who, you know, a month ago were sitting in the AHL and now you need them to play big minutes for you. Not only um five on five but also like Morgan Riley played on the power play so now you got someone who's gonna have to take over his spot on the second power play you know Jake Muzzin he was a guy who's killing penalties so you, you know you're gonna have to find somebody who who can uh fill in for him there like this is this is big they're missing a lot here and someone's gonna have to step up and it does worry me if nobody's able to do that and this team kind of falls off a cliff I don't know if it's gonna be 
easy to come back from. I just, I don't know. It's it's, it's getting tough. And Freddie Anderson, he's, he hasn't looked as sharp over the last couple of weeks. It seems like he's been ran into the ground a little bit. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I, I do have a couple of players around the league that I think the Leafs would be interested in. Uh, Pierre Lebrun came on to TSN's Insider Trading today and kind of spoke and, and said, or on uh, That's Hockey, he said that the team it does look to be in the market now for defensemen, whereas before I think they were just looking for a backup goaltender to put behind Anderson that they would trust in in a, in a bunch of off games that weren't back-to-back situations. And now I think, you know, the, the priority number one is going to be to get themselves a defenseman because the group that they got right now moving forward uh, without Riley is not going to cut it. So I have a couple of suggestions, and uh, and I'll let you know of those in, in just a moment. Oh, welcome back to Locked On Leafs Podcast. Mike DiStefano here doing a loner podcast all by myself today. Zub's unable to make it. Uh, but we've been talking Morgan Riley, and we're going to continue talking Morgan Riley. And then in the next segment, uh, we'll talk about last night's loss, embarrassing loss at that to the Florida Panthers. Uh, but Morgan Riley, do they need to make a move to bring in another defenseman? I believe they do. Now, the thing that's interesting about Riley, you're going to be able to put him on IR because he is out for two months. So so that cap does become, uh, you know, it's going to go to LTIR, um, and you can kind of put him there, and he's going to be able to use that cap. The Leafs are going to get an extra $5 million, uh, just over $5 million in cap that they can use to go out and get themselves somebody to replace him, I suppose. The problem is if he does end up returning before the playoffs start, which he is, I think, you know, two months from now, you're looking at, what, mid-March, uh, which gives you another month to go until the playoffs, which means that at that point in mid-March, if they're over the cap, that's where they run into troubles. So I don't know if they're going to be able to go out and get a guy like Morgan Riley with an expensive ticket like that, like a $5 million that you know they're going to open up that cap space but they can't fill it and which is unfortunate so i i've got a couple of guys who might be able to um who the leafs might have some interest in uh, all of them happen to be uh, left shot defensemen because well it's morgan riley's a left shot d which is interesting because coming into the year everyone expected the leafs their number one priority besides goaltending was going to be a right shot defenseman. Well, Justin Hall turned out to be a pretty decent right shot D man that has now factored into their top four. Tyson Barry, you're not going to kick him out of your top four, despite how terrible he's been so far this season. Uh, Cody CC, I'm sure they can find an upgrade on him, but at this point, I think now they got to look to the left side, especially with the injuries now to Riley and Muzzin. Uh, and, and considering that it could be very long term, uh, it's definitely long term for Riley Muzzin. It's it's we, we're not too sure yet, so we do need to improve that decor. And I have a couple of suggestions. I know Carlo Koliakovo, a former Maple Leaf and and um, host of TSN's First Up, the show uh, radio show on TSN 1050. He suggested Michael Del uh, Michael Del Zotto, which which I, th- I thought is interesting. He's a he's a Toronto kid, helped uh, win a Stanley Cup in St. Louis last year. He was a longtime member of the New York Rangers. He's a guy who you can you know put on the power play. He might be able to kill you some penalties if need be, but he's really more of a, a PP two type guy, which is what Riley was doing last year. So or before he got hurt. So I mean, Del Zotto is a guy who can play yourself some minutes. He's 
has experience playing 20 minutes a game. I'm not saying you trust him to do that because he's gonna probably going to end up being whoever they get would probably be a third-pairing defenseman. Maybe they can get themselves a top four, but a guy like Delzato for sure is not going to move into your top four. So maybe he's somebody that you could look into. Uh, I had a few other uh, options, I think. Brendan Dillon, a left-shot defenseman out of San Jose. He's a UFA at the end of the year, so the cap uh, isn't isn't that bad. Uh, obviously, it's, it's nothing moving forward. So they're going to have to move out a little bit of cap, though, for this, uh, just so that they don't get stuck in that kind of uh, situation where Riley comes back before the playoffs and then they, they've got to really shed some salary somehow uh, and, and they kind of are going to get themselves stuck uh, or hope that somebody else gets an injury, which you never want to hope for, but it's an easy way to get out of their cap troubles. But Brendan Dillon, I think, would be a, a nice little ad there. Uh, he could play some big minutes. He's played some nice minutes in San Jose. They're going nowhere this year. They are so screwed when it comes to the draft they don't have their first they don't have their second they don't or they have their second but they don't have their third or their fourth they have somebody else's second they have uh like they're missing their six they have like no draft picks so a guy like brendan Dillon, i think could fetch a half decent return they have no prospects either so whether you're looking to get prospects or picks in return for your your pending ufas i think brendan Dillon would be an interesting option and let's Let's talk about somebody who could be uh, a possible reunion. Jake Gardner, another left-shot defenseman out of Carolina, just signed a four-year, $4.05 million contract just earlier this offseason. But I think if the, Leaf, if the Leafs knew that that's all that he was going to get, I think that they would have tried to sign him last summer. And he's really a guy who's been diminished in Carolina. He's playing third-line minutes. He hasn't played that well. He's not been given uh, opportunities on the power play, which is something that was really big for him when he was here in Toronto. So I think that Jake Gardner is just not working in Carolina. And I've heard that they're interested in moving him if they can get a, a forward uh, back. So I think Gardner's somebody who I would look into. He's somebody who has had success in Toronto. They're familiar with him. I know Sheldon Keefe isn't so much familiar with him because he never played for him on the Marlies, but he's somebody who's familiar with the players and their tendencies. It's a new system. I get it, but he, he's a he's a good smooth skater offensive player. I think that he would work well in Keith's system. He he could he could be a pretty solid addition I think to this team. And he's been rather healthy this year, which I think you know coming in with the back injury, there was that the reason why he only got just a little bit above four million. I think people were also surprised that he ended up getting that fourth year too. Um, but he's proved to be healthy so far this season, uh, and I think that that would be a nice little addition that the Leafs could possibly make. And even when you know Riley comes back, you know next season they don't have anybody under contract either. Like Muzzin, not under contract, he's going to be expensive. And if the Leafs can't bring him back, and they can't bring Ry- or uh, Tyson Berry back, you know this decor becomes really thin, thinner than it already is. So if you bring in Gardner. Well, he's got three more years past this one, and he's a guy who I think you can rely on. And at four million bucks, I would give this guy, I would trade for him and bring him onto my team any day. And Leaf fans know him, and he, you know, it's a love hate relationship, but they know him. And I think Gardner would be a decent ad. You could also look at another player from the Carolina Hurricanes. This guy, a UFA, making three point one million dollars. Joel Edmondson. He was the player that they got back from. Um, Oh, who's the defenseman that they traded? Justin Falk. So he was the the roster player that they got back in return for him. Uh, so I think Joel Edmondson. He's a guy he can kill you some kill penalties. You know, he's he's more of a uh, 
more of a defensive defenseman, I would say, which they could also use. I mean, outside of Muzzin, they don't really have one. Justin Hall has kind of turned into being a pretty solid two-way guy, um, but I think Joel Edmondson would be a nice addition too, and he's a UFA. So at the end of the year, that cap comes right off the books, and they can go ahead and, and you know, use it to acquire whatever, or he plays well and they sign him to a contract extension. Who knows? But I think those guys are, aren't bad. Uh, you know, if you go to Detroit, they got a couple of older veteran players, Trevor Daly, he'd be pretty cheap. He's, he's a UFA at the end of the season. Mike green as well. Bring him in, try and run your, your power play too as well. You know, now again, we, we got to think of guys who could play on the special teams just because, you know, Muzzin and Riley were two huge uh, components of the special teams, one obviously being a power play specialist, one being a penalty killer. So if you can go out and get a guy who can fill one of those roles, I think that would go a long way. Um, something interesting too, like this team hasn't been healthy at all this season. And it just seems like every time somebody gets back. So the other night in Florida last night, Andreas Janssen finally gets back into the lineup. And you're thinking, all right, we're almost healthy. You know, Janssen's coming back. Muzzle will be back in a few weeks. Uh, Trevor Moore might be coming back soon. Uh, obviously, McKayev's going to be out for a while. But, I mean, he was just a, a piece that we weren't even sure what was going to be at the beginning of the year, realistically. Turned out to be a nice one. But, you know, this team hasn't been fully healthy. And, again, just when it seemed like we were starting to get better, boom. Riley out for eight weeks. So, uh, man, the Leafs are going to be in tough a little bit. They've got some work to do to uh, to kind of tinker with that back end a little bit and try and get themselves another defenseman who can eat up minutes and not just eat up minutes, but also play service, serviceable minutes, play quality minutes, and help the team get into the playoffs. It's not a foregone conclusion that the Leafs are going to be a playoff team this year. And don't forget, they don't have their first-round pick. It's top 10 protected. But unless they totally spiral out of it, uh, they're if, you know let's say they lose a bunch of games from here on out, and once Riley gets back, they're just too far out of it, and they finish with 80, 87 points or so, and then when all said and done, y- you look and and they're at what twelfth, thirteenth pick, so kind of tough, kind of tough. Uh, all right, coming up next, we'll chat uh, the loss to Florida, brutal eight four loss to the Panthers, and that's coming up next. All right, welcome back to Locked On Lease Podcast. Mike DiStefano here doing a podcast all by myself. This is the last segment of it. Uh, so if you are annoyed of me just talking for the last half hour uh, or 20 minutes or so, I, I do apologize, but we're almost done. I'll keep this one nice, short, and sweet because it was a gross game by the Leafs, and I'd rather not spend as much time as possible discussing it. Uh, so we'll get right to it. It was a bad game. 8-4 loss to the Florida Panthers. Freddie Anderson pulled after just 12 shots. Uh, it was it was disgusting. It was gross. So we'll get right to it. Uh, we'll go. We'll start with the good, the bad, the ugly. The only good that I can really find out of this game, I thought that the line of Matthews, Marner, and Zach Hyman were pretty good. They they contributed to I think what three out of the four goals. Yeah, three out of the four goals. Uh, and then Austin Matthews had that cool little stick flip to Riley, which is really nice. Uh, so I, I think that you know that line was was the only positive that I think I can really pull from that game. Zach Hyman, probably the best of the bunch, ended up with uh, three points in over 20 minutes of ice time. You know, Marner had a couple of goals, but all around, it, it was not a really good effort by the team. Um, Going to move on to the bad. Freddie Anderson allowing four goals on just 12 shots and getting pulled for the second game in a row. 
was not expecting that at all. Um, just not not playing up to snuff, really. I think this season, and and you take a look at Anderson. He's playing. He's played a lot, and, and up until his Riley injury, like I said earlier, the only one of the biggest needs for this Leafs team was going to be to address the backup goalie position going forward. And now I don't even know if they can do that because they got some bigger problems on the left side of that defense or just the, the defense in general. And you take a look, well, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to go for first? A guy who plays every single night and can contribute every single night on defense or a guy who only plays once every five or six games. Like you're going to have to address the, the D problem before you address the goalie problem at this point now. And that's, that kind of sucks, but you know, ugly team defense talk about the defense. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, they, they were God awful. I mean, you, you look at even, you know, the one goal, I forget who it was. I think it was Hoffman's goal. It was just a brutal turnover by Kerfoot at center ice and uh, away they go on a two-on-one. Um, just, it was awful. Tons of giveaways. And that seems to be what keeps on killing this team, really. It's 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 brutal. It's It's been brutal. And Sheldon Keefe actually had something to say after the game about how bad the game was and how much of a, quote, slap in the face it was. You know, you, you take it as uh, what it what it is, which is uh, you know a good slap in the face and a good reminder of, of how we can't play if we have any in, uh, any intention at all of being a successful team. So, uh, you know, big step backwards for us here today defensively. I thought coming out of that Winnipeg game, while we were pretty poor offensively, I thought we did a really good job uh, defensively against uh, their best players especially. We knew that was going to be a key again here today. And clearly, we just uh, weren't even close. Yeah, it, it really was. It was That was a bad defensive effort, and it's really unfortunate because the last few games or the last couple of weeks, it seems like they've turned it around a little bit. But last night, they went right back to the way that they were uh, playing very unselfish or selfish hockey uh, and just leaving the goaltenders out to dry both Anderson and Hutchinson, and uh, I thought that Tyson Berry also ugly, ugly, ugly performance on the ice for five of the eight goals. Um, not not a good game out of Berry at all. And also, interestingly enough, of the eight goals that Florida scored, I thought you know usually if a team scores eight goals, they usually they they get a few of them on the power play. Only one goal on the power play for the Florida Panthers. That's six. That's six at even strength, a power play marker, and a shorty. So. All around a terrible, terrible game for the Leafs. They'll be back in action tomorrow against New Jersey, and it'll be kind of life after Morgan Riley. So we'll see what they end up doing. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked on Leafs Podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Leafs. You can follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And be sure to check back in here tomorrow. We'll tee up the game against the Devils and see what kind of line combinations we're going to see without Morgan Riley. And maybe we'll see what the team decides to do between uh, now and then and between now and the trade deadline. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.